from the filthy 15 to the dirty 30. This is Songs in My Head. Hey everybody, welcome back for another episode of Songs in My Head, a music podcast for music nerds, by music nerds. Uh, as always, I'm joined here by my co-host and fellow music nerd, Kristen. Hello. And uh, we have we have approached an episode that we have been talking about pretty much since the very beginning. Oh yeah. Um, we're finally here. We finally hit 15. Uh, this is a big milestone, and um, I think we're finally we're finally ready to talk about the Filthy Fifteen. Uh, we 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 did it. We got here. <laughs> we've we have hit the the mountaintop. Uh, actually, no, we've just hit the first ledge. We got we got plenty of more plenty of more show left to go here. Um, but yeah. So how how have you been? Good. How about Good? you? I have been uh, tired. Yeah. I've just been working a lot. Same. And so, which is why the, the, there's been a little bit of time between when we recorded the last episode and when we recorded this episode because we've both been pretty busy with work. And uh, there's been a lot of like listening research to this because I've listened through this list several times. And, you know, the research behind it obviously is, you know, a little bit more in depth so that's no 500 albums in 500 days or anything oh okay 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 i'm kidding cool cool i'm kidding yeah but i mean you know overall we did it we're here yeah i'm ready to go um yeah so this episode we're talking about uh the pmrc which is a bunch of squares (laughs) and uh the creation of the the infamous list known as the filthy 15 um so i think before we get into the list we should really dive in a little bit about the history of what led up to the creation of this list yeah um so the the pmrc is the the parents music resource center um it was an American committee that was formed in the, in 1985, which I was a year old. <laughs> um, I was a bit older. <laughs> and it actually lasted a pretty long time. It, it, I think I read, there wasn't a specific date that I saw, but it said like mid to late 90s, which I mean, that's, it's a pretty long time. Um. So really, their goal was to try and put more parental control over the music that was being listened to, which is horseshit. Because I I feel like at the time, you know, the radios were already doing that enough. Right. So like, it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed unnecessary, but I don't know. Because, I mean, I guess you got to put yourself in that mindset. You know, America was a little bit more, they were a little bit more 
I don't want to say closed-minded because America's still closed-minded. <laughs> but it was the Reagan era. So, like, you know, it, it, things were a little more paranoid. Uh, you know, in the 80s, I guess, you know, where where we were, it was a weird time. Well, yeah, it was that time where, like, everything was restricted to only what you could see on mainstream media and right. stuff. There wasn't a lot of, you know, ways to get other information. Right. So, I mean musically you're kind of stuck listening to whatever you know is on the radio or whatever you know mtv at the time real early yeah mtv when it actually played music yeah and then you know in person right (laughs) or record stores i mean there weren't ways to get music yeah like there are now and there weren't ways to get the news like there is now so you know i think we just had you know four bored washington women (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. So like wives of, of, you know, senators and and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, so essentially it was it was founded by the the, the Washington wives is what I saw. I saw them so aptly called. And they, I was like, Ugh, why did they have to give them a nickname? Um, to make us hate them more. <laughs> but that was a reference, of course, to their their politically connected right husbands so right you had tipper gore who was married to al gore al gore rhythm i was just gonna say i'm sorry those names i mean i know uh susan (laughs) baker who was the wife of treasury secretary james baker uh pam hoar um wife of washington realtor raymond hoar (laughs) and sally nevin the wife of Washington City Council Chairman John Nevins. So they were like the four founding members of the group. And from what I read, it actually ended up growing to like 20-something people. 22 is what I read. Yeah. Um, 22 board people. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was essentially like formed in, in the shadows of the, the fading Reagan era. Uh, you know, like the growing conservative population. Right. So, you know, they, and, and they wanted to kind of have a little more control over the access of, of that children had to music because of like, you know, theming of sexual things and violence and which inevitably, of course, resulted in the creation of the parental advisory sticker. But we'll get there. Uh, what I did see, though, that I thought was kind of interesting, um, the group was cemented with financial help. I was just going to say, did you read this? <laughs> from Mike Lowe of the Beach Boys and Joseph Coors, like that Coors, the owner of Coors Brewing. I was like, what What two random people could have put money into this stupid thing? Um, but yeah, I mean, and they, they essentially all they were doing was they were using their their power and money to try and strong arm the RIAA and the record labels to put more What's the word I'm looking for? Like, put more restrictions or put more safeguards 
yeah. on the stuff that they were releasing because they wanted it to kind of mirror the way that like movies the are... movies were at the time. Because well, yeah, were... movies have the ratings, but they also tell you why they chose the ratings, you know, right. whatever. And they had, I think, for this like ratings that were based on the subject matter of why they chose right <clears throat> chose the you know to have the label. Yeah, I mean, and it, it, again, it's one of those things where like. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think it's a good idea on paper, but I think the way that they that they executed it was was a little much. Oh right. Like it was real over the top for no reason. That's why I said I think they're just bored wives with nothing else to do. Yeah. They were like, oh, well, what's our... And they were literally know? a bunch of Karens in a room. like A bunch of tippers. <laughs> right? A whole bunch of tippers. Um, was her name really Tipper? Yeah. <laughs> like, was it short for something? Like, just what a weird name. To uh, tipperware. <laughs> she didn't have a lid. <laughs> she had one that just didn't fit right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> They did have other suggestions um, in addition to trying to create this this parental advisory sticker. Uh, They wanted to print warnings and lyrics on the album covers. Um, They wanted to try and force record stores to keep records that had like raunchy covers behind the counter like it was a porn store i was gonna say now i'm video or picturing a video store with like the hidden back room right (laughs) and then uh they were also pressuring tv stations to not broadcast explicit songs or videos so again they were literally using their political power and donation money to try and strong arm all these people into trying to quiet the music industry, which was just ridiculous. Brought to you by the Beach Boys. <laughs> and, and Coors, and Coors Brewing Company. They could have spent that money to make better beer. Oof. <laughs> anyway. Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, so, like, I'm thinking of, like, how the 80s were. I mean, we went through the songs, but, like, the covers, like, what? how raunchy are the covers? I'm thinking of, like, 90s Marilyn Manson album covers and you know stuff you can't show you can't show now but like that I mean, would have like, been bad then the one had like you know satanic stuff on it okay but like how raunchy are we getting in the 80s I mean I'm sure that like like I know there was the one that was like uh it was like a leopard cod piece with like a, a saw blade on it Hmm. It was, yeah, I, I don't know. Because I'm thinking of, like, videos in the 80s, and the worst thing that I remember seeing was Cher's butt in, like, one of those videos where she's wearing, like, you know, basically a thong. I was like, oh, God. Are, are I can't you talking the- about the video for If I Could Turn Back Time? Yeah. Where she's singing to a bunch of sailors, yes. seamen, if you will, <laughs> on a boat? See, I was allowed to watch that, or um, White Snakes, Here I Go Again, where she, like, rolls around on the car. Or, yeah, writhe writhing yes writhe snake um okay but like i'm just saying these videos are no worse than i know ma- than madonna's like a prayer oh i know i'm just saying like I-, I just don't i don't understand i don't know i don't get it they pick and choose yeah i mean like and you, you guys will see like in this list 
it's so stupid. Yeah. Because, like, a lot of the stuff is, like, it's right there. And it's obvious. And even the artists are, like, yeah. And your point is what? I, I, I don't know. I mean, if I was an artist back then or musician or whatever, I mean... I don't know that this would bother me all that much. It'd be like, okay, put a parental advisory sticker on my thing. I think um, in in a way, though, it they kind of, because, like, we'll get into it a, a little yeah. bit later, but, like, when they actually got into, like, more of the stuff involving, when it got up to the Senate and everything, they were more looking at it from, like, a, this is an attack on the, the music industry. Oh, right. And the, and the government is picking on these musicians because they have nothing better to do because they're blaming music for for whatever's going on it's it's the columbine theory all over again yikes sorry i had to mention that but it's true because they tried to say that it was marilyn manson and video games that caused those kids no it's called depression it's called it's called poor communication and it, it whatever they they just were looking for a scapegoat mm-hmm. and they found it in the music industry and it's not the first time and it sure as fuck won't be the last time right but well okay maybe this was the first time with the pmrc <laughs> this was probably the first time okay i i kind of i think my brain was thinking of that more of like the the columbine oh, yeah i know example but <laughs> Okay, so the other thing that bothered me about this, too, is that they were also trying to, like, coax the record labels into, like, reassessing musicians' contracts. Yeah. Which I was like, no, they've already, they've already signed it, like... Well, yeah, plus, I mean, not just um, the lyrics and the, and the music, but, like, how they perform in concert yeah and i mean okay madonna would be a really good example of somebody that you know they that would have trouble in concert i mean black sabbath yeah you got ozzy biting the head off a dove i mean dove bat probably both i mean (laughs) one of each one of each one in each hand um yeah, so I, I don't know. Uh, I guess the, the summary of the PMRC, again, it's a bunch of squares that had nothing better to do than pick on the music industry. Whatever, I digress. Anyway, so the Filthy 15 was uh, a list that they that they put together that was the... It was 15 songs in popular music at the time, anyway, um, that they found like most, uh, what was the word I saw? Most objectionable. (laughs) I was like, yeah, really? So we'll we'll jump into the tracks here. Um, So we're just going to kind of go back and forth because we did, we split the list up. Because I thought maybe it would, you know, make 
make the research a little bit easier, but it would also make the conversation a little more interesting. Yeah, I mean, we both listened to all the songs. Yeah, oh yeah, I listened to, well, we'll, we'll, get we'll there. talk about that. <laughs> um, so we both agreed, because it's a song that we've already talked about on the show. It's actually where this first came up. And where 15. it first came up, in the very second episode, third episode yeah. of this show... Uh, when we went over Purple Rain. Right. Um, we talked about Prince's Darling Nikki. Um, I mean, and like, okay, yeah. I get it. But was this one a radio hit? No, I don't Because I've never so. heard the song before I listened to Purple Rain. Oh, I mean, I've heard the song, but like, that's because I'm a Prince fan. So, exactly. like, I've heard the deep cuts. Like, it's not like When Doves Cry. Like, right. you're not hearing this on popular radio. Well, that's what I mean. And when they said, you know, 15 songs of popular music, I was like, you're kind of reaching. Yeah. I mean, because there was a lot of other, I don't know, I'm thinking 80s. Who did that I Want Your Sex song? Wasn't that like George, George Michael. Michael? Yeah, he was. That was in the 90s. Okay, fine. Fine. I'm just saying it was in the 90s. But okay. no, no, no. I agree, though. I mean, I mean, I, there were things like that 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 were on yeah. the radio, and like they picked a song that. Okay, no. Here, I'll 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 make it easy for you, even in this point. To go with another Prince song. In in popular culture at the time, I think there should have the song "Little Red Corvette." Oh yeah, should have been out. Which is a song about a prostitute. That's not the song that you fucking picked. You picked a random track off of what uh, the album that was the most popular at the time. Get the fuck out of here. Um, okay, so, you know, I, I, in my notes, I don't know if you did the same thing I did, but I, I also made sure that I notated to myself what their reasoning was why they put it on this oh, yeah. list so they put darling nikki on this list um for sex and or masturbation Shocking. which if you get it in the first fucking line you know you've, you've <laughs> officially met nikki in a hotel lobby masturbating with a magazine i mean first of all ouch that's a lot of paper cuts i was just gonna say i think we talked about this in the episode but like with one or was Which she one? was she looking at it or was it just rolled up like she was gonna <laughs> swat a dog on the nose oh, anyway so <laughs> <laughs> um this was from prince's sixth studio album um that was titled purple rain which was also the the album that went along with the movie purple rain um, and if you, in case you guys didn't know, uh, it's a song, uh, that tells the story of a sex fiend named Nikki, uh, that seduces the lead singer. It's not shocking. If you listen to the song, you hear the whole thing, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean like, okay, sure. This song, I guess I could see it. 
Oh, yeah. And I, I think I read that Tipper Gore supposedly founded the whole thing because she, like, heard her daughter listening to this one or something. Her 11-year-old. And I'm like, all right, well, number one, where's she going to get it? Because it wasn't a radio. Right. It wasn't released as a single. Right. So like, she had who, to, like... Who's buying it for her? Right. And I mean, back then, it was a lot harder to get music. I knew at 11, I wasn't walking into a record store buying my own stuff. I did save up to buy my cassette singles when I was like 13. Bought like Dr. Dre and stuff when I would go to the mall on the trolley. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hid those from my parents. But like, this is a song, I guess, that, that started it all. Yeah. I mean, like, this is like, this song is the crux point for the whole list. And like, I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. This was a, this was a stretch for me. Like, I get it when you look at the song itself. But, it's but like. A, it's Prince, and even he said in an interview, like, from the 90s, this is years later, he was like, is the song about sex? Yeah. But, like, so were a lot of my songs. Right, and then he basically, um, I was reading somewhere, like, you know, they put him on this list, so, you know, it puts him in, like, this boxes, only, you know, a musician that, you know, sings... Right. sexual things right and he basically said a lot of people think that he's like this wild sexual person but not always like nobody can be the same thing for 24 hours a day like right. no matter what that is right and i was like well yeah well yeah i mean like, I mean, you need, like some hours to sleep <laughs> well yeah you need time to sleep and like you know do your laundry and do stuff. your laundry yeah <laughs> so i guess i will yeah. kick off the the rest of it for us now that we've done the the mutual track yes so i i started my list um with acdc's let me put my love into you Hmm. which uh (laughs) in case you guys didn't get from the title it's a song about the sex um so um I, i mean in my notes i actually wrote uh lyrically the song feels gross yes and and super rapey yes i read that Um, that. and the song was five years old at the time however i have to say this is the least acdc acdc song i've ever listened to i actually like this song i like that you're using acdc as a descriptor right i know right (laughs) Because, like, I hate ACDC. His voice just... It's awful. But in this song, it's actually tolerable. Like, it's not a bad song if you look at it as just a song. Until you listen to the words that he's saying. And then you're like, (laughs) this is fucking disgusting. Yes, yes. So, like, sure. Okay, this one, yeah, I, I could... Do we struggle? Do we fight? Yeah. Oh. It's your turn tonight. Uh, uh. <laughs> it just feels like he's, I don't know, it just feels like he's raping somebody and I don't like it. Yeah. Uh. Well, anyway, yeah. The thing that I read about that is that, you know, it was, it was released in 1980. So, like, they waited five years to choose this for the list. Right. Like, there wasn't anything else in five years that they found offensive. 
I don't know. And then it turned into like one of the biggest albums of all time, right? Back in Black. Okay, well, yeah. I mean, Back in Black arguably is like... So it didn't stop them from selling however many albums. And that's a point that keeps coming up across mm-hmm. this entire list. And even after the list is done, after the parental advisory stickers start going out, there are so many artists that were like, yeah, I mean, like, fuck these people, but like, also, thanks for making bank for me, guys. Like, yeah, some of these this bands makes I never people want me to want to buy my music more. There was an interview I saw with Ice T where he he's like, yeah, like, thanks. Like, people were listening to my stuff then, but now now it's edgy and cool and, like, people want to buy more of it. Yeah, and it seemed like people weren't even arguing. Like, yeah, okay, this isn't for kids. Right. So, yeah, sure, put a, put a warning label right? on it. Whatever. Put a sticker on it. Who cares? But don't do the stupid other shit you want to do. Right. But, like, put a sticker on it. Yeah. And I know as a, you know, teenager, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll buy this. Right? I was like, ooh, it's got to be good. It's got a parental advisory sticker on it. All right. So the the first one that I I listened to and reviewed was Sheena Easton's Sugar Walls. <laughs> I can't say without laughing. But anyway, it's from a 1984 album, A Private Heaven, and it spent 16 weeks on the Hot 100. So, I mean, it was a popular song on the radio. I had never heard of it. Um, but written by Prince under his apparently pseudonym, pseudonym Alexander Nevermind. Yep. <laughs> So, Prince, Prince wrote under so many pseudonyms. Like, he wrote whole albums under pseudonyms. Um, but yeah, I thought it was funny that this is like the first one that I went through and it's connection to Darling Nikki, basically. Yeah, Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Um, but anyway, yeah, Sugar Walls is a euphemism for feminine anatomy. What? Don't no. act surprised. No way. <laughs> um... Yeah, so what I thought was funny was that, you know, Sheena Easton denied that the song was overtly sexual. She's like, it doesn't say let's have intercourse or my, what a wonderful penis you have. (laughs) 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 Which gave me some Red Riding Hood vibes there. Um, Yeah, so um, obviously, you know, collaborating with Prince in some way, you know, probably put her in, you know, the the spotlight for these people. Um, but I didn't realize like she collaborated with Prince later. Um, she was doing vocals on you got the look. Really? Yeah. Um, oh. but yeah, I was reading about, um, a New York radio station, WHTZ, the program director, um, mentioned that they played sugar wells for three days before they started getting complaints and they removed her from the air. All right. So, I mean, the song was a little cringy, like maybe more than a little, like she said, you know, as as the the artist, that it's an artistic interpretation of a sexual lover relationship. Sure, but like she's talking about blood race into private parts, you know, temperature rising inside my sugar walls. Ugh. Yeah, basically spend my spend a night inside there. <laughs> like it's like it's a hotel room. Come inside my sugar walls. I mean, come on, how is that not a euphemism? And it's gross. Um, the song itself, I mean, it was really, really 80s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, like, yeah, and, and written by Prince. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can hear it. Definitely. Like, you can hear the theming, the music and everything. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was, I didn't hate it, but I really didn't care for it. Yeah. It's... Mm. Uh, I, I could go either way on it. All right. So, yeah. Yeah. Next. So, 
the next song that I had on my list uh, was from the band Wasp, uh, and it's called Animal Fuck Like a Beast. <laughs> uh, so if you guys were not sure... Sit in parentheses. Yeah, in parentheses, <laughs> fuck like a beast. So if you guys were unsure of what this song is about, it's about sex. Not just animals, like, hanging out. No, not know? just, like, best pal animals. No. It's <laughs> um, a really interesting one, though, because uh, when I was reading about it, um, initially, it wasn't on an album. It, it was originally only released as a single by itself. Um, and then it wasn't until... 1988 when they re-released their debut album that they added this on as a bonus track i'd never even heard of them before wasp yeah i mean they're kind of like they were in the the motley crew era of of bands and i i don't know i never really got into to them um the lead singer though um said that the song's basis uh was off a photo that he saw in national geographic of uh of two lions mating uh which i assume is where he got the fuck like a beast part but i mean like okay so if you listen to it thinking about that part then this is just literally about literally about animals i mean other than the part where he talks about like naked (laughs) naked ladies on his bed or pictures of naked ladies um other than that part if you look at the lyrics like a lot of it is like actually talking about animals you just think he likes the zoo or he just really likes yeah like he just really (laughs) likes nat geo that's fine. <laughs> this was the one that I was talking about, by the way, uh, where the cover for the single is the cod piece with the saw blade on uh. it. Um, yeah. All right, fine. V- also, album covers. I'll give you that. Fun fact. Um, I guess they don't perform this song live anymore. Huh. Imagine, you know. I mean, I didn't even know they performed live anymore. <laughs> but um, I so didn't even know they were a band. So the lead know. singer. <laughs> Uh, said that they don't perform this song live anymore because he's a born again Christian now. So was Sheena Easton. So I think, or somebody was. Was it Sheena Easton? I'm pretty sure it was Sheena Easton. Yeah, I was yeah. like, how many of these people out of the yeah. 15? Uh, yeah. So he he said that it's like very shameful to him now to play this song live. So they just don't. Oh man. And that was from an interview that I read in from 2015 or 2016, and it had been like a decade since they played it. Oh, it was Vanity. Vanity was the born again. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Judas Priest, Eat Me Alive. (laughs) I mean, the song title, sure. Uh, It was released in 1984 on their ninth album, uh, Defenders of the Faith. I heard of Judas Priest. I don't think I could name a song other than apparently Eat Me Alive now. Um, But Tipper Gore stated that the song was about oral sex at gunpoint. Um... (laughs) In response to this, uh, the band recorded Parental Guidance on their next album, which I didn't get to listen to. Um, yeah, that I, that was one of my favorite parts about reading all of this, was just like literally how hard the music industry went 
in diss tracks. Oh, I mean, I knew because, you know, no effects fan. They had the Pierre right. Marcy can suck on this yeah. track. So, I mean, I you don't know but any Judas Priest. I probably do. And I you just don't know the song Got Another Thing Coming? She's got another oh, yes. thing coming. Oh, I know that song, yes. What's coming, apparently. Anyway. All right. So the lead singer wrote the song and said it was a fun S&M rock sex song. Um, apparently wrote it drunk and it was already censored to pull out the worst of the music. Um, I mean, that seems about right for Rob Halford. But he claimed that it was written as a tongue in cheek, like a spoof. I don't know of what. But he said in 2015 that the PMRC twisted it into some kind of snuff song, which is ridiculous. Um, their suggestion um, giving people guidance like for, for music is okay. But like the fact that this scary political screaming and yelling group at the forefront is smothering like the whole message. And it makes sense to me. I mean, that's what I was thinking, like bored, angry. Yeah. Karen's with not much else to do, but focus on music. Right. So they're, they're essentially what they're doing when they compile this list is they're just taking these songs and twisting everything as far as they possibly can to fit them into their agenda. Yeah. But I mean, I, I will, give them um give tipper gore credit here because the lyrics literally saying a horseshoe and gunpoint to leave me alive so i mean he kind of says it so i mean you're kind of asking for it Damn. but All uh right. Right. it was it was just really like talking about a rod of steel injecting and that you're gonna take it all and uh, yeah so i like, <clears throat> I like this song I, I did. I, I'm not going to lie. I I enjoyed 80% of this list. Honestly. Like, the songs were actually... Some of them were really fucking good. I didn't hate the, the song until, like, I read the lyrics and they sound really cringy, like, yeah, out of don't, context. Don't. Don't do that part. Just don't do that part. Yeah, I mean, the song, not bad. Yeah. Out of context, the lyrics are just like... Well, same thing as fuck like a beast like <laughs> the song is catchy as shit but like out of context the lyrics are a little rough yeah so the next song that i had was um def leopards high and dry saturday night now i was familiar with this song before we did this list but i did not know that it was on this list so that was surprising for me to see it on there. Um, and I didn't really understand why. Because, <laughs> like, it, I mean, yeah, okay, it's a song about drinking or being, like, on a, like, on a bender. But, like, it's a party song. Like, the poorest guy didn't want songs about drinking. Right? Like, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know. But it's from their second studio album. Uh, of the same name high and dry um but something interesting that i read about it is that like the band released this song for the opposite reason so the pmrc twisted it to sound like it was condoning the use the overuse of drugs and alcohol the band was made this song kind of saying the opposite that like be moderate about it like have fun but don't 
like overdo it which i guess if you listen to it in that context it kind of is there because it's talking about parts of it are talking about like the withdrawal like the next morning after and like all that stuff but like i i don't know i i struggled to really understand why this song was on there i was pretty high in it (laughs) (laughs) um but it's a good song i mean i i really like this song actually it's a fun song. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, okay. Vanity. Uh, strap on, Robbie, baby. <laughs> okay, first all right. of all, if you don't know from the title of this song that literally says the fucking word strap on, you're dumb. Um. Yeah, so this one was a little hard to find. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this because we were looking at Spotify playlists of the 15 and whatever, but this one wasn't on any of them. And, and it's funny because I didn't realize that until we started splitting up the list so that yeah. we could go through and do our research. I was like, wait a minute. There's something wrong here. I've listened to this how many times and there's only 14 songs on this list. Where's the other song? And then like I, I looked it up online and I was like, wait, yeah, I'm missing a whole song. Yeah. I haven't listened to one of these songs. Where the fuck is it? And it was, you had to actually tell me that I needed to listen to it on YouTube. Yeah, that's the only place I could find it. Um, when I started listening to it, I was like, oh, that vanity. Because, like, we had done, you know, the Prince episode for Purple Rain and Vanity had come up. Um, this uh, song was on her debut studio album, Wild Animal, from 1984. And um, she's the former lead singer of the girl group Vanity Six that was created by Prince. Mm-hmm. And she's Prince's girlfriend, maybe? Girl. One of them. Yes, okay. Um, so the song was about a sex toy that she named Robbie. Um, basically, um, I don't think it was about strap ons, but about like guiding down my, gliding down my highway and strap yourself in and ride. Um, yeah, it's a candy little boy. It was really creepy. And I'm going to say, I didn't really like the song. The song was awful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I was and, like, when can like, it stop harassing my ears? Like the music was bad. The singing was bad. And there are, the there lyrics are, are bad. There are going to be a couple of songs like this on this, on this list that we, that we struggled with. Yeah. Um, yeah, but. I, what I did read about Vanity is that later she became born again Christian and renounced pretty much this song and everything else from, that she did from this era. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. Because why would you, why would you not, you know? Yeah. Song was bad. So the next track that I had, uh, that I did was um, Into the Coven <laughs> by Merciful Fate. Um. So, first of all, I didn't realize that um, King Diamond was the lead singer of Merciful Fate. King Diamond also was uh, a group in itself. So I guess it was like he started Merciful Fate and then he left Merciful Fate and started King Diamond. Um Anyway, Into the Coven, uh, if you guys weren't aware, is a song about the occult. Shocker. 
Um, it's from their debut album, Melissa. <laughs> and um, it actually, the what I read is that this song is actually some of their their most uh, explicitly satanic lyrics. But like, I didn't really get that from the lyrics. Like, I mean, like, yeah, like there's parts where it's like, you know, Lucifer's blood and you're part of the, the cult and like whatever. But like, uh, okay, there's a metal song, like whatever. Um, but like, also I read that, that King Diamond um, was a Levian Satanist. Like, so, okay, sure. That makes sense. Um... I kind of struggled with this song a little bit because uh, the music to this song was really good and the vocals to this song <laughs> were really not <laughs> um and i think it's because like he it just sounded like he couldn't make up his mind on how he wanted to sing yeah like the vocals didn't fit the rest of the music and it bothered me the whole time because like i really like the music in the song but like the vocals just killed it so it needs to be an instrumental yeah it should be <laughs> honestly um i didn't really see the point in this being on there uh i don't really understand why this song in particular well yeah because it wasn't the only one it's not the only was... one on this list so why did they pick on that right why this song in particular made it on there i like they acted like this was the first time that an artist ever wrote a song about being a, a satan worshiper i i don't know i don't know it's the first time they heard one i fucking guess i don't know their little uh karen ears yeah, a bunch of fucking nerds <laughs> um all right so the next one i did was motley Crue's bastard um, it was on Shout at the Devil, their second album, came out in 1983. Um, so the album's title and the band's use of a pentagram on the cover caused a controversy on its release with Christian and conservative groups, claiming that the band was encouraging their listeners to worship Satan. However, this is not even why it was on the 15. Um, it's on the 15 list because of violence. Um, they were saying like it was a violent song and i mean i could see where it would sound like it was a violent song but it was a basically written for a certain person that they worked with that they felt stabbed in the back by so it was basically a message to this person um in this case the warning sticker that you know subsequently was put on the album attracted buyers made the kids want it even more so they talked about how the album actually you know sold more after that i mean and since it came out in like you know, 83, like two years later, suddenly they're starting to sell it again. It's like, oh, well, of course. Um, See, and that's another thing, too, that like, I just, when they compiled this list, like, these were songs that literally had just come out. Like, they hadn't been out more than two years. And like, they're just throwing them together on this list. And it's like, well, mm -hmm. why, why are you picking on these songs in particular? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, like, they said that the song was about a specific, you know, I guess their manager that screwed them over 
during like the first album. And I mean, the lyrics do say like, in goes my knife, out go or pull out his life. <laughs> and it's just like, well, okay. But like, do you really think they're going to be killing people? Talking about like, yeah, they do say like, blow off his head, and something, something noose. All right. I give it that. But like, I don't, I, I mean... don't feel like it was more violent. <laughs> At the time, killing other people? No. Killing themselves? Almost. I mean, Nikki Six technically died for five minutes. That's true. I so... can't forget. I get, I get all the hair bands confused. Um, yeah, so, like, I couldn't figure out. I mean, okay, maybe the album cover kind of brought some attention. I mean, I could get it being violent, but I don't think it was, like, excruciatingly violent. No, and I mean, I think they were another ones that said, okay, you know, put the label on it. Yeah, so sure. what? Go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, because pretty much at that point, they were like, fuck you guys. Whatever. I don't care. Yeah. And I mean, it was their second album. So, I mean, they were already, you know, establishing themselves. They probably, you know, like it said, sold more. Got them a little more, you know, notoriety. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't even think it was a radio hit. I was trying to, I don't even think I found that as being like, yeah. The song was so okay. What? Yeah. It was all right. Yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea, but like I'm like I'm like fifty fifty on Motley Crue. Like yeah. I could give or take. You know, they've got they've got some songs that I like, like Live Wire and like Shout at the Devil and Yeah. You know. But overall I'm not like a huge eh, whatever. Sure. Um so the next song that I did was uh Black Sabbath's album or Black Sabbath's song trashed which if you didn't know was a song about drugs and alcohol no i i know i know it's a shocker it's a shocker considering what they sang in the 70s (laughs) about drugs and alcohol but you know whatever (laughs) um so (laughs) this song in particular is one of those ones that like shocked me the most because like a lot of these other ones it's like you know oh it's there from their third album it's from their second album princess was like from his sixth album this is from their fucking 11th album (laughs) 11th album and now all of a sudden they want to pick a song oh i know um so the oh and the album is called born again um, which had a picture of a little demon baby on the front of it, which was kind of creepy, but also kind of funny. Uh, yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't like this song. And I think that it was another one of those ones where, like, honestly, when they recorded this song, it sounded like the whole band was fucking trashed. That's, maybe that's why they called it trashed. Well, yeah. Um, but what I did read is that it was... The from the only album they recorded with uh, Ian Gillian or Ian Gillen, excuse me, um, on vocals. Now Ian Gillen is from the band Deep Purple. Um, so this is post Ozzy, post I believe this is post uh, Ronnie James Dio. And then I think this is also post Tani Iommi singing vocals for a little while. So like they just brought in. (laughs) Uh, But I guess he wrote this song 
um, about a time when he was drunk and he took somebody's car and was driving it around the studio and crashed it into a pile of tires. <laughs> uh, Why was there a pile of tires? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I did. Yeah. I don't like this song. I didn't like anything about it at all. It <laughs> felt awful listening to it. Like it just, the vocals were yuck. The music was frantic. Like it just, the whole song was just, ugh, I hated it. So you're saying it didn't need a warning label to keep people away? It was no. just bad. Uh-uh, it was just bad. I didn't <laughs> like it. It needs a completely different warning label. Yeah. Bad. Warning. Awful. Don't. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I just think of those signs that just said no. Um, all right. So um, the next one I did was Twisted Sisters. We're not going to take it. Um, I actually wanted to do this one because, like, I love this song. It's such a great song. I mean, yeah. Um, I mean, it was a big hit. Um, okay. The, the interesting thing I found is that one of their influences... Was the Christmas Carol, Oh Come All You Faithful? The chord progression they use apparently is inspired by that song. What? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to listen to that now. Yeah, so <laughs> I was just interested in it in general just because, you know, this the song's, you know. I mean, it, it's a huge song. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly. Like, which, it only reached number 21 on the Billboard Hot 100, which I was really? like, really? Only 21? Huh. Anyway, so Oh Come All You Faithful was it, one of their uh, influences. All right. It's not something you normally read when you read this, because they did say, oh, you know, one of our you know, influences was glam rock band Slade, which I never heard of, and Oh Come All You Faithful. <laughs> um, it also uses lines. Okay, so... Some of the lines were from Animal House, um, like you're all worthless and weak and stuff. I didn't realize that because I'd seen Animal House years ago, but like some of it's quoted right from lines there. Um, I made the list because of violence, but from what Dee Snyder, the lead vocalist, said in court against, you know, in the, the hearings, is that there was really no violence sung about or anything in the song. It was all implied. And the song is basically like supposed to be like an anthem for anybody like lashing out and standing up for themselves against authority. Yeah. So it's not a specific somebody being violent. I mean, and if you read the lyrics, it's about sticking up for yourself. Yes. And basically, yeah, I mean, it was just stick up for yourselves, you know, um, it doesn't get specific about it. Right. So, they said basically they thought that maybe the PMRC was confusing like the video presentation with the lyrics because the video was a little more like edgy. Yeah, but like. But even in still, it, the video was very tongue in cheek about it. Oh like, yeah, it it's goofy, like it, it's silly. Yeah, so I mean, I thought first, I thought this was a ridiculous pick. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's a great song. Oh, I love this. And song. it was yeah. I mean, I think that this is one of the most. One of the most recognizable songs off the whole list, for sure. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I was very surprised. I was like, violence? Really? Well, okay, I wasn't surprised that it was on the list because, you know, everything else was a stretch, so why not? Um, but, like, come on. I don't know. Okay, 
So the next one that I had was uh, Mary Jane Girls. Um, the song In My House, which uh, is about sex. Okay. Um, it's from their second studio album, Only For You. And I initially thought that this was another uh, Prince protege. Rick James. Really? Yeah. Yeah, like that Rick James. I'm Rick James, bitch. I can yeah. I can hear it. Uh-huh. Yeah, after I read that, I was like, oh. oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I see it. And yeah, you can hear the influence for sure. I mean, like, but I mean, I like the song. Oh, me too. Honestly, I mean, and uh, they actually said in an interview, a couple of the members said that like, this song is not, it's another one of those ones where it's not specifically about sex. It's more about like love and intimacy and like the connection. Because even if you read the lyrics. We don't want that. That's. <laughs> get out of here with that shit. Even if you read the lyrics, like it's like, you know, finding your comfort at home and like, you know, knowing that when you come home. You know, that you'll have somebody waiting for you and like, you know, I mean, sure. Like, is there some undertones to it? Y yeah. All right. <laughs> like. Okay. So they don't want them to explicitly say things about sex, but they also don't want undertones. Are we just right. going to pretend that sex doesn't happen in music? Um, How dare you? No. Yeah. It doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, like. Del delivered by the stork. <laughs> yeah. The song was huge. Yeah. Uh, I just wrote down some of the stuff on it because I started reading it, like, and I was like, oh, God. Like, I knew the song, but, like, wow. So it was number one on the Billboard Dance Club songs in April of 85 for two weeks at number one. That's huge. Uh, it was a top ten on both the Billboard 100 and the Hot R&B slash Hip Hop charts. Uh, it peaked at number seven on oh. the top 100 and it remained in the top 40 for 12 weeks. Huh. Yeah. And it's, it's their biggest hit and their only top 40 hit. Like that's crazy. Yeah. But I guess, you know, coming from the same guy that wrote a song for Eddie Murphy, you know, yeah, I, I honestly at first was really convinced that this was a, a Prince protege. And then when I read that, I was like, huh, interesting. But yeah, I really like this song. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I like this one too. Yeah. All right. Um, next on my list is Madonna Dress You Up, which, all right, if you're going to pick a Madonna song, this one, really, um, it's from her Like a Virgin album. You're not going to pick Like a Virgin? I mean, <laughs> Papa Don't Preach about teenage pregnancy. <sighs> anyway, um, the lyrics here are an extended metaphor for um, like comparing dressing up and fashion with, with passion. So compare, it was all implied in my opinion. Um, Madonna sings about the clothes that she would like to drape over this guy. So, you know, she can caress her body with like his hands and stuff and cover him with kisses. How is that bad? Uh, I see when I listen to this song, <laughs> like when I hear those lyrics, 
I don't get anything Mm-mm. overtly sexual about it. No. I get like somebody that wants to to make their their significant other look nice and yeah, like well, and shower them with affection and like yeah well tipper gore had it out for madonna i mean okay, based on well, yeah i think it was like a like she was personally upset because like her daughter was listening to it and one of the quotes i read was you know popular culture is morally bankrupt flagrantly and or i wrote looks like incestuous but that's not right <laughs> literally material or utterly materialistic and madonna's the worst of all Okay, well, she literally wrote Material Girl, so of course she's materialistic, Fuck. but, like, um, Madonna's the worst of all? I don't know. I, I think... I don't know. I think she was barking up the wrong tree here. Um, Absolutely. The song became number five after seven weeks on the you know Hot 100. It debuted at number 36, so, I mean, it was a hit. Oh, yeah. Um, I would not say it was one of my favorite Madonna songs. Um, no, but it's a good it's song. It's a good song. It's not yeah. bad. But I wouldn't have picked it as one of the things on the list either. Absolutely not. I mean, like I said, non-overtly sexual, not. But yeah, I think that quote where she, you know, thinks Madonna's at the root of of all of it. I just. Little did she know. (laughs) Honestly, little did she know at this point that in a few years that Madonna would release, like a prayer, release an entire book about sex. Release an album called Erotica. Like, come on. She created a monster, honestly, is what she did. She challenged somebody, and that somebody was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. So, we're down to our last two, right? Yeah. You've got one more. Oh, yeah. I've got one more. Um, we've been going back and forth, but I unfortunately blessed you with easily the shittiest song on this entire (laughs) list so i'm gonna let you do that song and then we'll end on a high note yes okay because this song is actual garbage i don't know josh's favorite song by the band venom possessed um they're an english heavy metal band this is their fourth album it was released in 85 um this was popular, I guess. I don't know. I've never heard of them, never but heard of them. I read that um, a quote that says, when the PMRC set its sights on Satan-obsessed heavy metal speedsters Venom, it was like shooting fish in a barrel. The group titled its debut album Welcome to Hell, and they sang other songs about demons. So, like, anyway, the band said they don't preach Satanism or cult- occultism or witchcraft or anything, that rock and roll is basically entertainment. So that's where they... You know, th- that's the way they went with it, but apparently it didn't <laughs> entertain you at all. <laughs> it's just a but what I, awful song. I didn't like the song, but what I did like is the message that the band said. Like, they said that the PMRC could have been doing something really constructive with their, you know, lives instead of this. Like, could they have picked a better, you know, cause? Yes. Sure. A better a better use of resources and money and time. Yes. Yeah, better beer. Um, yeah. <laughs> And the album, <laughs> the album wasn't doing well when it was released, and it started selling really well after the PMRC was after it. All they achieved was advertising hardcore underground music. And I was like, well, yeah. So anyway, this particular song is about a man possessed with the devil. Um, the, the lyrics were just 
drink vomit of the priests, uh, suck the blood of the beast. I wrote possessed by all that's evil, blah, 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 more Satan stuff. So that's basically it. It's all about Satan drinking priest vomit, etc. So yeah, I mean, come on. Of course I made the list, but it's, it's crappy and it made them famous. Well, more famous. So anyways, <laughs> the last song on the list... Uh, it was one that Josh asked for. <laughs> was one that I personally asked for. Um, it was She-Bop by Cyndi Lauper. Um, which is, apparently they thought, a song about masturbation. I don't necessarily get that from the lyrics. But I digress. Um, so it's from actually from her debut album. Which I didn't re- I didn't realize the album entitled "She's So Unusual," which yeah, it's Cindy Lauper, uh, and it's actually like I think it said her third biggest hit worldwide from this album. Huh. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, they were saying that it's uh, somewhat cryptic about female masturbation or dancing <laughs> depending on how, much, how into you are it's kind of the same thing i'm kidding full body dry heave set to music <laughs> uh i didn't really get i mean okay i guess if you're like really looking into it like okay yeah she okay sure maybe if you're really really stretching you could say that that sounds like somebody's you know flicking the bean but like (laughs) yeah i said it but like i don't know it just seems like a stretch oh yeah i felt like a stretch to me just i don't know it's such a fun song i don't necessarily get anything overtly again it's like a lot of the other songs on this list i don't get anything overtly bad yeah, I don't feel like you could put this next to Drink the Priest Vomit. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I feel like maybe this fell into the category of Madonna. Like, they were like, oh, powerful woman with yeah. some great, you know, music. Let's find something to Let's target to pitch her. About. Let's, let's pick on her. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because think... she's attractive. Let's, let's. <laughs> sure. And she knows Captain Lou Albino. So, like. I don't know. Overall, I mean, I I enjoyed listening to, like I said, like 80% of this list was pretty damn good. Yeah, and this was a really fun project, I thought. Yeah, oh yeah. Because once I knew that, you know, Prince was on here, I was like, I gotta listen to the rest. Yeah. And I'd say about 50-50 that I knew some of the songs, or at least had heard them before, and 50% is new. I'm probably with you, but 80% was enjoyable. Yeah. There's a few that were just real stinky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I could easily cut this down to like probably 10 songs. And I mean, maybe they were saving people from listening to the terrible music. <laughs> right. Like maybe they, maybe they intended for this list to be like, these songs are filthy awful. Yeah. No. Don't listen to them. <laughs> um, I wouldn't have trusted their So <laughs> essentially what they did is they, they pulled together this list and then they took this whole thing and they took it to the Senate floor, which just seemed so fucking extra for no reason. Like 
And so they had they had Senate, they had the Congress, everybody there talking about this bullshit, which is so stupid. It's a waste of resources. It's a waste of time. And there were there were three three artists that were in attendance in defense against the parental advisory stickers and against this mm. this board. And that was Frank Zappa, <laughs> Mr. Sunshine on my goddamn shoulders, John Denver. <laughs> Do you think he even had anything offensive? So... <laughs> They were attacking John Denver because of Rocky Mountain High. Oh. Come on. Yeah. Oh. Seriously? You can't say the word high in a song title. Apparently high and dry. <laughs> so it's okay when the doors said it in Come On Baby, Light My Fire, when they said, Girl, you couldn't get me higher. And that's literally talking about drugs. It's not, in this, not in the title. It's not in the title, though, so it doesn't fucking matter. I don't know. Eric Clapton can have cocaine, and <laughs> that right. song literally called cocaine. And then, yeah. as you mentioned, D. Snyder. He was also part of the, the Three Musketeers. <laughs> uh, and they tried, honestly. They all tried really hard. They, they had... And you can actually... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the video, uh, but you can actually watch D. Snyder's speech that he gave. It's captivating because he's really fucking smart. Hmm. And like, yeah, it's really cool. You, I mean, you can find it. It's all oh, yeah. over the place. Oh, yeah. Uh, I meant to. I just didn't get. But like, they tried their damnedest, but the Senate already had their mind made up. Well, yeah. I Before mean... this thing was even over. They were already printing the parental advisory stickers to be well, put on these albums. I didn't think that you know their song even belonged on the list. They didn't even say anything violent in it, so like, of course he's going to be. A... I think that he was there because he was trying to stick up for the music that he made and the music that he believed in. Yeah, and the music industry as a whole, because right. he just thought that it was ridiculous. Well, it is, and it was. And I mean, like I said, I don't think a lot of people were even arguing the fact that there should be stickers or a warning. Like, yeah, just but don't I, be ridiculous about it. If they would have just stopped at the sticker. Yeah. I think the whole thing would have been fine. But the yeah. fact that, that, A, they were trying to do so much other, like, slimy shit behind the Morality scenes. Morality policing. And then, like, on top of that, finger-pointing specifically at these artists was just absurd oh yeah i, I don't know i just i yeah i think picking a list and i mean we did our updated list it was hard to pick just a certain amount of yeah. people to, to point a finger at on our list but we did it for fun so it's it's not the same right but like yeah i mean i don't know so as you have stated we're going to get into that in a minute here. Um, we're going to take a, a quick detour. Uh, so I, I had a couple of, uh, of topics 
in our our favorite segment, which we have aptly titled. That's my new band name. Yeah, we haven't done one in a little bit. No, we uh, skipped it for the last one because we had so much to cover. Yeah. That was so, a really, really like. Last episode was really heavy. And I, I thank you guys so much for supporting us and for supporting Terry. Terry is so grateful for everybody that listened. I talked to him recently and, you know, he he had nothing but great things to say about being on the show and the experience. And he oh, can't, I love talking to him. He was a really he, interesting guy. He can't wait to be on another episode. So well, that's great. Yeah. So anyway, so a couple of a couple here. I have I have three. I don't think I have any that I wrote down. Uh, that I wrote down. Um, so the first one that I had was uh, King Dingus. <laughs> uh, and that was spurned from uh my roommate and good friend of the show lance um one morning he left the apartment and he just took all the car keys (laughs) and went all the way to work and then messaged me when i was getting ready to leave for work and said hey i'm on my way home with your car keys sorry so i called him a king dingus and then i was like that's my new band name by the way, Lance is honored that he inspired a name for our That's My Band Name segment. It's probably so. not the only one. I'm sure there'll be more. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, I have a bunch. Uh, I also had uh, Violently American. <laughs> and um, White Trash Weapon. I, I don't know why. I just really liked... I can see White Trash Weapon being like like a rapper but like from the trailer park yeah yeah definitely yeah all right so i didn't write mine down so i went and scanned um our conversations where i send them to you constantly oh yeah um chaos wiener oh yeah chaos wiener oh, i forgot about um, that one neutral hole sleeve <laughs> inspired by something not very uh would it would be on the filthy 15 fuck um a scapegoat Oh yeah, Escape Goat. Escape Goat is my favorite. Yes. Um You said polka dog. Um Chicken for Noobs. Chicken for Noobs. Um yeah, and then my other favorite was um Oh, where'd it go? There was one more. I just love doing this this segment because like it's literally just in everyday conversation. New giant machines inspired by a sign at the laundromat. <laughs> I was thinking that was like a like a rage against the machine meets like the new radicals, some sort of you know. See, and I think I picture like <laughs> new giant machines just being this like really really like they might be they might be giants meets rage against the machine. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I like it. All right, yeah, this segment's always really fun because it just makes us think of, like, weird stuff that we say. Well, yeah, because it's it's also, like, it's it's very candid because it's, like, it's almost like the that's what she said kind of thing. But, like, it just pops in where it's just, like, we say something and I'm like, ha, that's my new band name. So I said that once and then somebody was like, oh, what do you play? <laughs> and then I always feel so stupid. <laughs> 
unfortunately, I mean, you, you got one. So, well, I have to come up with a really, like the really random tiny instrument. Like, oh yeah, I play the kazoo for the triangle. I play the harmonica aggressively. (laughs) Kazoo. Bless you. (laughs) I, I, uh, I play in a, a cover band. We call ourselves, uh, the piano men but we only play harmonicas. <laughs> anyway, so we we would never leave you guys with with just this list of 15 songs and talking about these square ass white people having an issue with music. No, no. We took it a step further, and we created our own Filthy 15 with some more modern music on it. <laughs> uh, I had a really fun time with this. Me too. And and I put together a playlist for myself just so I could listen to all the songs together. I gotta say, man, this thing plays like a dream. I, okay, I need to hear it, number one. And number two, I feel like we could keep adding to that playlist because it'd be fun. Sure. Sure. I, I think that our this... Our playlist of debauchery. <laughs> our, our playlist of debauchery. Well, I, I it actually is going to... Th- these tracks will round out what I'm I'm aptly calling the Dirty 30. So you, you had the Filthy 15, and now we're adding our own Filthy 15. To make it the dirty thirty, nice. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know, we we both thought of things, and I, I was surprised that we didn't have any like real crossover. We right. Do a lot of I the know. same stuff. I know. Um, I kept my mind kind of narrow because there are just so many dirty songs out there. So I just didn't branch away from the sex stuff, but like See, yours was more varied, and I was impressed. Well, and and what I went for was was some, some of the songs I have on mine. Uh, it was one of those like, wait, I've been listening to this song on the radio for how long? And like, people had a problem with "Come on, Feel the Noise." <laughs> okay, uh, so I guess we'll get started with the one that we have both. Right. We so I was, was going to say, much like the original 15, we did have one song that we both agreed had to be on here. And was like the And was one. like the filthiest of the filthy. Wow. Okay. I wouldn't go that far. It's pretty filthy. It's pretty filthy though. I got one that's pretty bad. You do. <laughs> I think we both do. We both have one song that, that is pretty close to be in as bad as, as this one. This song, of course, being uh, WAP <laughs> by Cardi B featuring Megan the Stallion. So you're talking about Wings and Pizza, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, for <laughs> for those of you that are that have lived under a rock for the last two years, uh, this is this song it literally exploded. It broke the internet, honestly, <laughs> when it came out. Uh it stands for wet ass pussy. In case you didn't, it's a song about vagina. Uh, <laughs> it was, 
No, I mean, this song is so fucking catchy. It's, I mean, it's so raunchy and ridiculous. Well, but it's like, inspired so much other stuff, too, because every time I hear this, I think of, like, Flula's... Flula. Moist, moist, yeah. moist, 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 meow, meow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you haven't heard that one. <laughs> yeah, you guys, I'm, I'll see if I can find it, and I'll I'll try and throw it on the playlist. Moist, moist, meow, meow. What I did find... <laughs> Uh, when I was looking into it a little bit, is that there are several covers of this song, <laughs> but one of them in particular that I took the time to listen to the whole thing. And that would be the Lounge King himself, Richard Cheese. Oh my god. Did a cover of WAP. <laughs> and I... it is fucking amazing. And I will play it for you when we're done with this episode because you need to hear it. Because it's fucking wonderful. Uh, and I actually, if you look here in my notes, I wrote in all capital letters, Richard Cheese Cover! Because it's great. <laughs> it's amazing. And this it, it'll definitely be on the on the playlist because it's a, it's a must listen. Uh, so again, we'll go back and forth. Here. Well, yeah. The one thing I thought I was interesting is that, like, about that song is that they're um, they sampled a song that was basically "There's some whores in this house," <laughs> which, of course, I had to go and listen to it, and that's basically all there is to it. Is that's the words? Is it? That's it. That's all there is to it. It was like a, a club song from like '93. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw that. I, I didn't. I forget who the group was. Frank Ski. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So basically. I mean, yeah, the song definitely makes our list for multiple reasons. I mean, it's 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 raunchy. It's yeah, but it also, I mean, it, it, it's talking about using using sex to get stuff. Right. Yeah, you know. Um, people are saying that like the song is degrading and disempowering to women, but I think a lot of women find it empowering. So, you know, you can go either way with it. But I mean, it I was could... named the best song in 2020 by NPR, <laughs> right? <laughs> because it's raunchy, fun, and indefinitely quotable, or inf infinitely quotable, and I definitely agree with that. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, it. Uh, it's definitely a great, a great opening to this to this list. But yeah, so like, uh, and I, I thought that it was impressive too that like, it um, it got that accolade, but with like four months to spare in the year, like, <laughs> I didn't see that part. Yeah, it was like real because it released really late in the year. Okay. So I mean, <laughs> but I mean the song is huge. <clears throat> I mean it's all over the place, and I I, you know, is it raunchy? Sure. Is it a bad song, though? No. No. It's a great song. Although it, it, I definitely don't think Macaroni in a Pot is of the same the same way ever again. No, absolutely not. Every time I make mac and cheese now, I'm like, oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> so I, I will kick this list off. I'll, I'll give you my, my first song. Uh, and it is, uh, I would say, an equally as raunchy song. Um, entitled Slob on My Knob. <laughs> uh, 
the the song now everywhere you find it online it's it's the credit is given to a group called tear to club up thugs <laughs> but um the, the whole song is essentially done by juicy j from three six mafia i mean and it it's it's the most ridiculous fucking song in the world. <laughs> like, I, I don't even know how this song came to be. The what I read from it, it's like he wrote it when he was like in high school, and then he finally had the opportunity to make it into a song, and they were just kind of joking around, and then it took off. Uh, also, apparently, I found out there's a sequel to it called Slava My Knob Part 2. I was just going to say what comes after that, but then I was like, uh, oh, that's it. <laughs> and it features a back and forth I listened to it. Part 2. And uh, it features a back and forth female rapper oh. in the song, along with Juicy J. And it's equally as ridiculous. Uh, not as catchy. But equally as ridiculous. Um, if you didn't know what this song was about, uh, it's about fellatio. Uh, no, it, it's just, it's about like, it, he wrote it about like, literally about like his sexual experiences that went awry. <laughs> and like he, he said that in an interview, like did the sexual intercourse, intercourse experiences that just went haywire and just ended up in weird crazy situations so that was my first one okay my first one is about the same theme yeah it's called throat baby Ooh. Catch. man <laughs> this was released in 20 uh, okay it was either 2020 or 2019 i couldn't find back and forth because it became famous on tiktok um in late 2020 this song made me cringe so bad. oh god i know um it peaked at number 24 on the billboard hot 100 so i was like okay now we're now these things are inappropriate but back i don't know anyway there's also a remix which i didn't get to listen to with the baby who i keep hearing everywhere um it's first recorded just joking around and they were um apprehensive about releasing it because of the backlash for just degrading women but i gotta say um, if I was one of those people that inspired a song, <laughs> I don't know that I, I would be too upset. Um, <laughs> anyway, one of the quotes I read about the song is, it's the song about head that's stuck in your head. Fuck. <laughs> Another thing I thought was funny is it was used as a live performance for a drive-in rally for two senators in Georgia, where he changed it to, to vote, baby. Oh no. But I mean, basically, the song is really, really inappropriate. It's about the. Not just about someone's throat, it's about the, the babies. And then I think of the, the, the meme that's like about, you know, big deal, Pennywise, I swallow kids too. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, the song is really inappropriate. I mean, it's hella inappropriate, but it's catchy as fuck. Oh my god, I know, right? Like, it's cringy, but goddamn, is it like fun to listen to? Yeah, kind of like getting headed at Lowe's. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? I was like, what is going on in this song? Oh god. Yeah, yeah, so it's inspired by two, two different, you know, experiences he had, and I, I, I don't know. 
somebody wrote a song about it, I, I would not be mad. <laughs> right. Okay, so from the super raunchy to the subtly raunchy, uh, I went with uh, Ariana Grande featuring Nicki Minaj side to side. Uh, literally, the song is about feeling sore after sex. Uh, there's there's literally a line in it where Nicki Minaj mentions riding a dick bicycle. And then later in the song, after she says her name in a way that makes it sound like a menage a trois, she calls it a dick tricycle. Uh, <laughs> That's my new band name. Dick tricycle. <laughs> but like, oh. it's such a good song. Yeah, like, I didn't think I knew the song until we played it. Yeah, and then you were like, oh, this song? I never And never then you listen to it, and you're like, excuse me? Yeah, I don't think I ever heard. I mean, is there more than one version? No. no. Maybe I heard, I don't know, maybe I heard on the radio or maybe. something, but, but very much edited. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's, it's, a song. it's a great song, but like, it's legitimately a song about getting the D. Well, it's about the day after. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean it's catchy it's got a cool like reggae infused beat to it I-, I really enjoy this song yeah but i mean you know me and my my secret love of pop music it's adorable right what did i sing for you the other day oh um lady gaga lady gaga that was yeah that was wonderful yeah when i just belted that one out um, yeah, so next on my list is The Thong Song by Cisco. Hell yeah. Um, I mean, they really don't say much about anything that raunchy, but I mean, it's a song about underwear and O2, the booty. I mean, it wasn't the la- the first song. I mean, there's so many other butt songs, but... Back um, that ass up. Come on. The strings in the song are inspired by the Beatles' Eleanor Rigby. What? Mm-hmm. You listen to it. Oh, God. I love these. These are my favorite things to blow your mind with. Um, okay, so <laughs> the Thong song became popular in 2000. Um, it was the second single from his solo debut album. And I don't even know if I heard a Cisco after this. I kind of wonder if like he's one of those ones that if he didn't write the Thong song, we probably would never have heard of him. Like this made him. I mean. This made him big. Because he was in Drew Hill. And like, I always thought Drew Hill was one person. No. Until recently. I know, I know, I know. I'm feeling such an idiot. All right. Um. Wasn't, wasn't Jodeci part of Drew Hill? I don't know. We'll look into it. Okay, so Cisco claimed that the first time that he saw a thong, it literally turned his hair white, similar to Charlton Heston in the Ten Commandments. That made me laugh out loud. I mean, and like, the the funniest thing about the thong song is that like, it just feeds into the whole trope so hard. Like, you know, like chasing the thong and everything. Like the video, like, is is equally as ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But like, I, th- I think the video is raunchier than the, the song itself. And it, even even the video is not that bad. No. 
It's a bunch of women in, in thong bikinis dancing on a beach. And Cisco's fucking flipping around in the air, dancing like an idiot. And there's black lights. I have no idea what the fuck's going on. There's asses. That's all you need to know. Ass. Ass, 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 ass. Yeah, so um, it was on an album called Unleash the Dragon, which it, itself sounds like a euphemism. That's know. true. <laughs> yeah, I, I so, literally couldn't tell you another Cisco song. Honestly. I think there's one called Incomplete. It was only on the other side of the uh, or the, the second, like the B side of the single. Interesting. Yeah. It's actually not a bad song. It was like a, like a, like a lovey song. Hmm. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, so the next song on my list is Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. So now we've completely... I've completely taken a left turn and I'm 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 cruising through more of the rock hits now. Um so like this song is huge. Still. The song is a is a gigantic song and like it's so it's so fun to sing along with and like it's super well known, you know, like the you know, you have that like do 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 right. And, like, it's just catchy as hell. And, like, it's a song about fucking crystal meth. It's a song about crystal meth. Yep. The whole song is about doing crystal meth. Well, yeah, when they have the radio, that's pretty much the only thing they don't they don't say. They, like, bleep that out. Barely. Yeah. Sometimes. It's not all the time. Okay, because I'll, I've definitely heard it. I'll say back when it came out. They were really good about editing it. Yeah, now, not, now so not so much. Now it's, like... Every two, two out of three times I hear it on the radio, it's edited properly. Hmm. Sometimes you still get, because he says it so fast. And that was another thing that I read is that like the composition of this song is really unique because they, they gave him a lot of credit for his almost like hip hop delivery of some of the lyrics in the song because of like, like the speed at which he goes through the lyrics in some parts. Oh yeah. Um, but like, it's cat, it's catchy. It's catchy. I've always man. liked this it's song. It's such a great, it's a well-written song about crystal meth. I'll, I'll give you that. But I mean, like there's, it, it touches on so many things though. Cause it's like, like about a relationship that's addled with drug addiction because it talks about like, you know, getting high on the beach and, you know, passing out inside your partner. Like, it's just, there's a lot going on in this song. But it's one of those songs that, like, if you listen to it on the surface, you would never know. But until you really listen to it, and then you hear him say the words, doing crystal meth, you're like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah, you can kind of mix. You can kind of miss it. Yeah, it's you... easy to miss, honestly, because it, it, like I said, it's it's delivered so fast at that part that like it's easy to miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good song though. It's a great song. I would say it's one of their best songs. It's right up there with Jumper. I love Jumper. It's a great song. All right. Um, next on my list. I mean, like I said, I think I was narrowly focused on just the sex songs because they're the raunchy ones. Um, Ludicrous Witcher Fantasy. 
I love that song. Me too. Honestly, I I just love Ludacris. Me too. Um, it's his first single. Really? Yeah, I had no idea because when think... I heard it, I thought, I mean, it was super popular. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. Um, obviously, I mean, we know it's about sexual fantasies, oral sex, role playing, etc. Um, but for the fun of it, I listed all the places that Ludacris suggested to have sex in a list, <laughs> and it's like a whole page. I thought it was funny. Well, okay, so library on top of books is oh, in no. there. Yes. Yeah, Georgia Dome, the club and DJ booth. Uh, Gobots and Robots, which I thought was funny. I think that was the role play. <laughs> um, uh, Beach li- Black Sand. Library on top of books, but the, you can't be too loud. The Rock to the Park to the Point to Flatland, which was apparently is a sex tour of Atlanta from like separate parts of the town. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, public bathroom, back of the classroom, up on the roof, in a bathtub. On a stage at a ludicrous concert, which I'm going to say is hella uncomfortable when you're ludicrous. <laughs> Because you know um, it got sold out. I know. <laughs> um, it, it, the, listening to you read these off <laughs> is like listening to somebody read me green eggs and ham. I just had a good time with this. Up on the roof, bathtub, stage, and ludicrous concert that I wrote. Red carpet ticket, just roll out. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and pouring rain, library and talk of books, White House, sauna, jacuzzi, back row at the movies. Barn in the hay, backseat windows up, in the garden, in the dirt, top of the Escalade, ocean in the boat, candy store, Dracula role play, okay. horseback role play, or school teacher role play. Apparently, this is like a checklist. All right. All right. <laughs> it's cool. a fuck it list. Fuck it. Oh, yeah. It's a fuck it list for sure. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, I mean, it's a great song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It really is. And it's hella catchy. Oh, and yeah. it was super popular. Yeah, I which mean, I'm surprised they even managed to play it like on the radio or anywhere because I remember they because did, but, like, if you really think about it, like it's another one of those songs that walks a line because it like it doesn't ever like openly say like let's do the thing and the thing. It's like how about here or maybe here. I mean, she does say lick you from your head to your toe. Okay, sure, but like. I don't know. I guess because it's not maybe like there's not a lot of swears. Maybe they're not actually doing it. They're just talking about fantasies. <laughs> yeah, maybe because they say fantasy. I don't know, but they play it a lot on the radio. Yeah, like a lot. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I started to think about it. I was like, I don't know that I heard of Ludacris before that. So I think maybe, yeah, became more popular after that. What a way to start, right? Well, I guess from from one huge breakout song to another uh my next song is uh the bloodhound gang <laughs> bad touch oh my god that song uh the whole, the whole song is about sex in case you didn't know uh i love that song you, you i'm embarrassed how long it took me to i mean i knew about was, was about sex but like to break down some of the lyrics one day i'm gonna say maybe five years ago i w- i heard it and i was like put my hand on your pants put your hand on my pants and i bet you'll feel that so i was yeah. like oh my god <laughs> yes, <I'm laughs> because si- i was thinking like like cisco yes i'm ebert and you're getting two thumbs up you've had enough of two-hand touch you want it rough you're out of bounds <laughs> Oh, this is fun. <laughs> Listening to you read it like your next and ham. Right. 
No, my, my my version is like the uh the William Shatner yeah. version of Bloodhound Gang's Bad Touch. Um Would you like green eggs and ham on the back of the classroom or yeah, on the roof? Yes. <laughs> Uh, what I wrote here is that it's a uh, very descriptive and oddly specific sex acts. Uh, and it's actually the whole song is over a sample of the Pet Shop Boys in the night. Which I actually went back and I listened to it. And yeah. Yeah. It's there for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this song is is huge. I mean, it's 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 everywhere i mean you couldn't get away from it for a, a long time like it was all over the place on the radio oh yeah the chorus yeah like it quotable for a while there yeah i mean and like eminem made a reference to it in one of his songs uh the video is super controversial like because they're they're dressed up like monkeys running around town and like there's a whole sequence <laughs> that they had to cut out in the video because they were they were beating two gay guys in the park with baguettes. Uh, I, I don't know. There's a whole lot with, with, with this song, but uh, I think it's one of those songs that you couldn't do this kind of a list without it. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Um, next on my list is My Neck, My Back by Kia. And the reason I chose this song is because I had a, I have a very vivid memory of moving into this house where I live now because it came out in 2002 and having a few people over and putting the radio on and hearing this for the first time. And I was like, excuse me? Like, is this really what she's saying? Because, I mean, she's basically saying all the places that she wants to be licked. And the short version is everywhere. And I mean, everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was number 40. It made it to number 42 in the Billboard Hot 100. And yeah, it's pretty detailed and explicit. Um, I will say that I've heard this song like a million times. Um, but I never realized until uh, until I put it on this list that like... You, you get a little tired of it. Oh yeah, it's really repetitive. About like about like a quarter of the way in. So after just do it already. After you've heard her talk <laughs> about it. Like and it's not even like she's talking about it. It's like aggressive. Like, <laughs> yes. like she is aggressively talking about yes, it. Yes, I wrote that she wraps simple demands as to where she wants to yeah. be. Like and I mean it's it's but it's demands. Um, yeah, so her quote about the song was, I guess the world's just nasty and freaky like that. Um. <laughs> like, here's your excuse. Yeah, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it is repetitive. It's, it's like, all right, we get yeah, it. It's like, we get it. We get it. Oral sex. We get it. Uh, so <laughs> the next song that I chose, uh, which if the title doesn't give away why I put it on this list, y'all are dumb. Uh, the next song is by Sublime, and it's called Date Rape. Uh, <laughs> so in case you're unaware and you have never heard this song before, which is impossible because if you've ever listened to a radio, they've probably played it. Uh, 
it's a song about date rape. Uh, but like, it's a storyteller song about how it's not worth it. Uh, because I, I wrote here, it's date rape turns to prison rape. Uh, Ron Jeremy is in the music video, which is hilarious. <laughs> he plays the judge and the and the large inmate. Did you realize? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, the, the the one thing I read it was an interview with the lead singer, and he said that he wrote the the one line. Uh, because I forget how it actually came up, but they were at a party and somebody started talking about date rape at a party. And somebody very, like, candidly made a comment that, like, oh, well, if it wasn't for date rape, I'd never get laid. Oh. And so he wrote that that line into the song. Yikes. Uh, but this song was actually heavily influenced by some other big songs. Well, I mean, I didn't personally know them, but, like some other songs that were big at the time i should say uh the song song mandingo by the untouchables it was a ska hit from 85 and then uh a jazz song called coming home baby by herbie man hmm. I, I went back and i listened to both of them yeah and um there a lot of musical like like tonal influence kind of stuff hmm. I'll, I'll play them for you like you can you can hear like the like the similarities it's really interesting but i mean this song is so fucking catchy and it shouldn't be because it's a song about date rape uh if it's giving the message though that but i mean yeah it's 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 actually a positive it's song not for it. no, it's, it's against it's it. against it it's it's saying like it's no blurred lines or anything fuck <laughs> it's no blurred lines where the song is literally a blurred line um i mean like at the end of the song he does say like the moral of the date rape story is it does not pay to be drunk and horny like so you know i mean it was an anti anti-rape <laughs> song but like it's very tongue-in-cheek in the way that they do it oh but, yeah like, i mean that's that's them though I yeah mean, that's just that's their style that's sublime's way of thinking um, <clears throat> all right, next on my list, um, play by David Banner. Um, I picked this one because it keeps coming up on my Spotify. <laughs> um, anyway, it's on his fourth album, and there were multiple versions. Like, there's a radio version that is not that bad. The unedited version is that bad. Um, picked at number seven. Basically, it's just about... I don't know. There's a... Yeah. It's about a lot. Oh, yeah. There's yeah, a yes. lot going on in this song. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, also, I will say, though, again, put it on the list to listen to it. It's it's very, very, very much like your last song, where once you've listened to, like, a verse... <laughs> yes. <laughs> you're like, okay, bro, take it easy. I think that's why I picked some of these, because they're, like, obnoxiously... Yeah, like, they're, like... like uh please stop yeah because i mean there's a few i like on this i mean obviously the few things i picked you know ludicrous sure not. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like some of these songs yeah i think that's why i chose them because they were like obnoxiously like yeah like in your top. face 
yeah i wrote some lyrics down because it, it just was really funny because like taking them out of the context of the song right yeah so yeah obvious reason why it's in there yeah i mean like it's a it's a good song but like i i don't think i can listen to it like yeah it needs to be like 30 seconds long maybe a minute <laughs> it needs to be about as half as long as it is yes honestly like we get it we get it you're get horny it. okay we get it Knock you can do crazy off. things with your fingers we get it all right buddy pal <laughs> my next song uh is another song from sublime actually i decided to go back to back sublime on this one and i went with wrong way um which is a song about a teenage prostitute um and it's another one of those like telling a, a story about how you know she grew up in a poor family with her seven horny brothers and her drunk ass dad and they needed money so they put her on the streets nobody ever told her it was the wrong way right <laughs> uh but like then she's saved by this narrator character who i'm assuming bought her services uh we took her to the can it's the wrong way <laughs> but then like so yeah <laughs> but then like she inevitably runs away from him also and i think it's also there's like a part in it where he kind of has regret for the way that he treated her as well uh but like you can't pass up a line uh like soggy jizz rolling down to her chin and it smears up her makeup like if that doesn't spell out a raunchy song i don't know what does honestly um it's a great song though i love this song and when i went back to back on these two songs and i listened to them i had one of those like musical epiphanies because for a long time I, I didn't want to believe that sublime was actually a good band is sublime a good band because like they have a lot of hits that i, I really like, like I, are they good are they a great ska band and nobody's talking about it i got a lot of questions about sublime that we need to talk about I've always liked them. I, I guess I have always liked them. But I think because a lot of people were like obnoxious about liking Sublime that I never wanted to be into them as much as other people were. So like I just wasn't for a long time. A couple of my favorite songs by them are not even the popular ones. So yeah, if you haven't listened to a lot more, you should probably... I mean... I was probably going to give you an album at one point. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I would okay. like that. Good. Because like, after listening to these two in a row on my own playlist, and then like really thinking about it, like you look at a song like, like Date Rape, that's a ska song. Are they a ska band? I don't know what they like identify as. No. <laughs> toaster they identify as a toaster uh i don't know though i love wrong way it's a great song and it's another one of those like innuendo-ish kind of songs where 
it's a storytelling song, but there's a lot of really raunchy imagery. Wikipedia says they're a ska punk band and reggae rock. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. All right. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're good songs. Yeah, those are both great songs. Um, next on my list, going back to Ariana Grande, 34 plus 35. Which song were we watching the video for that was the weird science-y video? Was it this one or? The, okay. Yep. Yeah, this had the weirdest video that I think had nothing to do with. Nope. All right. So if you don't know, 34 plus 35, do some math and figure out that it means a... It's 65. Yeah. Um, it's on an album called Positions. So, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of funny, like, placement. Um, but, yeah, she basically is thinking about having a large sex drive and having sex all night long. Um, the radio version is not as bad, but when you hear the not radio version, you're like, oh... Uh, so I, I have to admit, I've listened to this song, uh, a lot and I don't know that I've ever actually like actively been turned on by a song before. Uh, I don't know this. There's something about this song. It's just, it's really well written. We're going back to Spill Canvas and their sexy music. Stop. <laughs> You're adorable. Stop. So, like, I don't know. It's just a really good song. And then we watched the video for the remix version. Some weird-ass Fembots in the regular video. It, well, yeah, the regular video was, like, science fiction meets Austin Powers. There was, like, a science lab and some Fembots, and I didn't know what was going And that fierce-ass dude that was the dancer in the background. But then the remix version had uh, Megan the Stallion and doja cat i think i'm pretty sure it was doja cat i, I thought and it was Cardi B, but man, i'm probably wrong i'm pretty sure it was doja cat and, yeah. and megan you're Stallion. probably right but that's that was version was good too mm-hmm. added with some additional raunch right but yeah i mean it's another one of those moments where like are you right doja cat mm-hmm. yeah like it, you you look at ariana grande and she looks like this this sweet little innocent thing and then like you listen to some of her songs and you're like yeah sorry i just i just commandeered your song go ahead no that's that's pretty much it i'm sorry no the the one line i like though is what even though i'm a wifey you can hit it like a side chick right (laughs) anyway so the last song on my list is Longview by Green Day. Uh, I love this song. I, I think it's such a great. Oh, yeah. It's such a great song. And it's one of those songs that like is it, it's another consistently on the radio song. And you're just like, this is a song about jerking off and smoking weed. How the fuck is this song on the radio? He literally says, when masturbation's lost its fun, you're fucking lazy. Um, But, I mean, like, it's essentially just about a day spent sitting around the house doing nothing but jerking off and smoking weed until even that gets boring. Uh, And it's just like talking about the, you know, the redundancies of of boredom and like you know he's 
watching TV just for the sake of doing something, but like there's nothing to watch and, you know, waiting anxiously to get a phone call, but nobody's calling. And so it, it just... Wasn't this one of their first singles? That yeah, was... this was, I think this was actually the first single they had yeah. off of Dookie. Yeah, I thought it was. I just couldn't remember if it was the first or one of the first. I'm pretty sure it was the first. I've always loved that song. Um, fun fact, this song is named after Longview, Washington, uh, which is where it was first performed in 1992. Hmm. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Everybody, uh, I, from what I read, like, I guess there were a bunch of fans of them and Billy Joe was like talking to them and they were like, you should call it Longview because that's where you first played it. So that's where they got the name for it. But yeah, oh, I mean, cool. it's one of those songs that like you just, again, it's, it's, it's subtly laid in there that like, it's about the chorus is literally bite my lip and close my eyes. Take me away to paradise. Like it's a song about masturbating. Oh, and also I read that, uh, that Mike Durnt wrote the bass line when he was high on LSD. Hmm. Yeah. All right, then. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so the last one on my list is Closer by Nine Inch Nails. Um, what a what a great song to finish a list on. This song's great. Um, this album, it's great. I didn't realize it was a concept album. Which I found out while I was reading this, so I feel like this would be a good project at some point. Um, it was on the downward spiral. Um, basically, the song, um, I mean, it's, most people know it. It was super popular back in the 90s. Um, it's about sexual frustrations that, you know, the, the singer can't overcome. So it's part of this whole downward spiral. And I mean, if that you can kind of guess what um, the concept album's about. Um Song samples drum track from Iggy Pop's 97 or 77 single Night Clubbing, which I mean, it's kind of obvious it's sampled. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great song. It really is. And there's a lot of good covers. There was a really good cover that I heard on um, on YouTube by this girl. I can't remember her name, but she does a bunch of like, like electronic, like, I have to think what it's called or what she's called but anyway yeah i mean it's obviously you know i want to fuck you like an animal how is that not on this list um yeah i mean i mean i just think that when you really when did it come out 94 94 like when you really look at it like you look at at nine inch nails and Trent Reznor in general, like, um, they were really like ahead of their time. Oh yeah, they were they were they were boundary breakers as far as musicians were concerned because like they were they were straddling a line between like that alternative rock metal kind of scene and then like the the electronica industrial. industrial like where they were on a line with like kfmdm and like groups like that that were coming up in the 90s mm -hmm. but like 
this this full song like i i really listen to this song closely um a few times just because i i love this song but like this song is six and a half minutes long doesn't feel that long the actual song portion of the song is three of that yeah the last three and a half minutes is just noise it's just industrial edm like metal for three and a half minutes but it's fucking brilliant Mm -hmm. like this song is a masterpiece the way it's put together yeah and his song his voice it's just enthralling like it's it's wild and but like i never realized because like you said it doesn't feel like it's a six minute song and I've listened to it a million times, and I never realized that. And this is one where, okay, so when we were talking about how we listen to music, this is one that I've listened to, like, through and through as an album. Yeah. So good. I feel like it has, like, a really good placement, like, with all the other music. But, like, his emotions really come through. Absolutely. Like, in his vocals a lot. And that's, like, one of the things I've always liked, liked about him as a vocalist. He's from Mercer County, so not far from here. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple yeah. hours or hour, hour and a half from here. Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, fun way to to end the yeah the list. I had so much fun putting that list together. Oh yeah, that was a good honestly. time. Honestly, I could have come up with so many more. Oh, absolutely. I had so many that I could have put on there, but I think that we we really nailed down a solid a solid fifteen. So, yeah, so I'm going to put this together with a couple of the other songs that we mentioned here and there. Um, But, yeah, uh, this was really fun. Um, I'm glad that we finally got to to dive into the Filthy 15 and, you know. We've been talking about this for quite some time. We've been talking about it for 14 episodes. We literally mention it every episode. Mm Um. but yeah, I mean, we, we did it. We got here. We've hit the 15 mark. And, you know, we've we've got some some great stuff. I know we always say this, but, like, we, we really, really have some good stuff coming up very soon. Yeah, we're going to do um, some of our traditional format again soon. And yeah, I think we've got some special projects. That the we... next episode is going to be mostly traditional uh we're gonna take it easy on ourselves and do a regular episode next time after that we have a very special episode that we have to do a lot of work on uh to get it just right so maybe some minis in the, in the so meantime. there might be there might be a mini here and there a remix yeah okay. another another remix episode in the middle there um but you know as always thank you guys so much for listening um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can look us up at S-I-M-H pod. Uh, we are also on uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud if you're nasty. Um, you know, and like I always say, uh, you know, guys, share your music. Honestly, 
share your music with other people share your music with us uh, yeah, we love, we, we love still we still have our little competition going on i don't know how much longer we might wait until the end of august i'm thinking can we actually get things till we away? actually <laughs> get things to give away uh but yeah keep your playlists coming at us so that we can listen to it and pick our favorite um but as always guys thanks so much for listening we'll talk to you very soon 